So today's daf is Pechet, actually the concluding daf of Yoma. We are on uh, Pezayin Amudbet. We're about, if you look at the narrow lines, it's about 11 or 12 lines up from the, the narrow lines, um, where, which is where we left off yesterday, where it says that Amar Morzutra. So the um, discussing the Tfilot of Yom Kippur, basically, all the halachot of the Vidui and the... Uh, and the uh, the tefillot, uh, the text of the tefillot of Yom Kippur is contained here, and it says, and on the words Morzutra we have a note, and the note tells us what that it should say, yeah. Rav Hamduri, Rav Ham, Hamdudi. Okay, okay. So Lo Amaran Ela Delo Amar Aval Chatan Aval Anachnu Chatanu. So all of these other tefillot are extra, he's saying, but the, the core is that the person says, but we have sinned, right? Or whatever we say, right? right. Uh, where does it say that? Because here it's saying, right? Yes. Uh, so... Um, so that is the core of the vidui, is the point, right? Damar bar hamdudi havaka imna because bar hamdudi said that I was in front of Shmuel and he was sitting, and everyone discusses how it could be that he was sitting during Chazarat Hashat. So why is he not standing? Okay, but that's a different issue. When the Chazan came up and said avalanachnu chatanu, right? Or, or however we actually say, we say, Anachnu Vavotenu, you know, Vavotenu is the language that we use, right? That's right before we start saying, Hashamnu Bagadnu, right? So it says that when he got up to that Vidui, that's the course. So all these other Tfilot that it mentions that are added at different points, and we add them in different places. Here, um, it sounds almost as if they are inside the Vidui. We say the, uh, uh, you know, the Elohayat Shelo Notzati at the end. The, the, where we place these different pieces is not the point. The point is that the core is the vidui itself, and that's what he said. That he said at that moment when he got to the, when the chazan got to avalanachnu chatanu kam mekam. That was when Shmuel stood up because that's when we start saying Hashem no bagadnu. We always tell the people to rise for that part if they're sitting down during the chazan tashat because they're tired. Tell them to rise for that part for the vidui. Right. So it says shema mina. So Amari said shema mina ikar vidui hayu. That's the, really the, obviously the. Uh, the core vidui is this part where you say Hashem no bagadno. So all of these extra tefillot that we say that lead up to it, that are introductory, that are talking about how bad we are and how many mistakes we've made and how, all, all of the lead up and all of the conclusion are extra. The core is the Hashem no bagadno, which is introduced to Vala Anachnu Chatanu. What? It's saying apparently, yes. Yeah, so there's a whole discussion about how come he sat because a lot of Rishonim hold you have to stand for the whole Chazat shots all the time. So how come he was sitting? That itself is a question. But yeah, definitely the core that you have to stand for, even if a person's feeling weak, they have to stand for uh, the vidui. Now, it's not how time we learned over there. There are three times that the kohanim do berkat uh, do, kohanim. Uh, do On three occasions, they, they do berkat kohanim. Right? Right, at the, which uh, it, we actually don't do it at Mincha, but it says at Shacharit Musaf Mincha and Neilat Sharim and Neila. These four occasions, the Kohanim uh, would say Birkat Kohanim on three, uh, you know, on three occasions they would do it four times. Ve'Elohein Shlosha Parim. These are three times. Ve'Taniot Ve'Mavador Ve'Yom Kippurim. One is on Taniot. We're talking about the ma- the the major Taniot that they would have. They would usually have Taniot for rainfall or other tsarot that they had. Rashi says Shel Gishamim. 
And Mamadot is talking about, as we've learned many times before, that in addition to the Kohanim serving in the Beit HaMikdash, you would always have a delegation of Yisraelim who came as well to be present for the Avodah in, in the Beit HaMikdash and to represent the Jewish people in that Avodah. That was, the, that was called the Mamad, and they would fast and they would read from the Torah each day as part of their involvement in the service. We learned about that. So since they're fasting and so on, they would have... Birkat Kohanim and all the tefillot. Um, Rashi says there, uh, you know, mentions that it's, uh, it's asked in Masachet Tanit. There's no musaf for the ma'amadot. So obviously there is, uh, it, it's not really four times, but it means in all the tefillot, because there's no musaf in the middle of the week for the people who are coming from the ma'amadot. It's just a random week. There's no musaf. But what it means to say is that in all the tefillot, even mincha, because normally why do we not have because we're concerned about drinking. We're concerned that people would typically, back then, drinking wine or beer was common uh, as a regular beverage in the middle of the day. Nowadays, we don't really eat, drink wine or beer during a weekday, during a work day. It would be uh, a rarity to, to do yom, that. Right, that's, exa- that's the point. So that's, well, that's the point. That, well, the Gemara talks about it in Masechet Tanit. Why? It says because of Gzera, that you're going to mix up Mincha with Mincha. They, they made a Gzera. Really, technically, the reason why you don't have Birkat... I'm just mentioning, technically, the reason why we don't have Birkat Kohanim at Mincha on a normal day is because of drinking. We're worried that Kohanim were drinking. Why don't we have it on a fast day? Oh, because they said once you make a Gzera... It's a Machloket, actually. Yeah. This Brita, actually, this Mishnah, rather, this Tanakhama is holding that you do have it at Mincha on a fast day or on Yom Kippur or for Mahmoud, because they're not eating. Right, so since they're not eating, you wouldn't have an issue of drinking. That's one opinion, but the other opinion that's Ran Masachetani says no. For Mincha, they made a general gzerah, and since they made the gzerah for Mincha, there's no Birkat Kohanit. They applied it across the board. So Ne'ilah, however, and Ne'ilah is an exception because Ne'ilah is a prayer that only happens on fast days. So, or yeah, so actually they had it even for uh, even for the severe uh, taniyot, like major taniyot. They actually had Ne'ilah. So if you would, so therefore. Um, since it's a tefillah that only is done on fast days, so there's no concern about making a gzerah that maybe you'll, maybe you'll, you'll say birkat konim at ne'ilah on a non-fast day. There's no such thing. But so therefore ne'ilah didn't. We do not go on mincha, but then, I mean, the, and then regular tanyot, we do go on mincha, but... But with the reason why, the reason why is because they said, the Gemara says, it's based on the Gemara, that it says in the Gemara that since you read tefillah mincha on a tanit late in the day, so it's like ne'ilah. Since you do it at the end of the day, it's like Neilan. That's why if you do it at the end of the day, you do do Berkat Kohanim. If you do it early in the day, you're not supposed to. If you do it, if you do it late in the day, but we don't. We usually do Mincha early on, on Yom Kippur. But if you, and we have an actual Neilan, so it's different. But we who say Mincha Netaniyot late, so it's like, it's fulfilling the purpose of Neilan because it's the conclusion of the fast. And so therefore it's special if it's different. And that's why we have Berkat Kohanim there. It's a whole discussion about it. But the main point here is that you have... Um, on all these days, you can have Birkat Konim in every tefillah, according to this Tanakh, according to this Tanakh, even in Mincha, although we don't do that. My Nila Charim, what is Nila Charim? What is the reference in Nila Charim? Rav Amar, it's interesting. Rav says it's There's a machlok between Rav and Shmuel. What is Neila? According to Shmuel, you can't add another Amida to the list. So it's not actually another Amida. Like we do Neila, it's another Amida. We have another Amida Neila. Okay, that's what Rav says. Right? He says, Mitpalel Sheva Kishot Shmuel says, No, you don't do a Tfilah. You just do Ma'anu Machayenu. So this is part of the Neila that we read on Yom Kippur. It's also, we, we have a bit of it in every day's Tfilah where we say in uh, Leolam Yehel. 
אדם יורא שמיים בסתר כבגלוי, מה אנחנו, מה חיינו, מה חסדנו, מה גבורתנו, etc. We say a similar thing in נעילה, where we say what are we, who are we looking... So according to Shmuel, you don't actually read an Amidah, you just say that section of the נעילה, it's just an extra prayer, but it's not actually an extra Amidah according to Shmuel. Okay? So, and uh, incidentally, why is it called נעילה? So Rashi quotes, in the Yerushalmi, there are two explanations. One is that נעילת שערי שמיים, that the heavens are closing, that the day is over for תפילה, heavens are closing. The other one is that, no, נעילת שערים of the Beit HaMikdash. Because at the end of the day, they would lock up the Beit HaMikdash, they were closing the doors, and this was the time that they would be closing the doors, is when we say, נעילת תפילת נעילה. So the question is, is it נעילת שמיים or נעילת down here? Uh, the closing. But either way, the, so according to Rav, it's a regular תפילה. According to Shmuel, no. So now it says, Medveh, where is an objection? Or Yom Kippur, Yom Kippur, Yom On the night of Yom Kippur, we pray seven. Now when it says pray seven, it means that there are seven brachot in the Amidah, just like on Shabbat. There are th- they're always, 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 every single tefillah, uh, Amidah, three brachot in the beginning and three brachot at the end. There's always Magen Avraham, Mechayim Metim, Ha'el HaKadosh, and at the end, you always have Ha'amachazir Shechinato Letzion, and Ha'tov Shimchal Chanel Lehodot, and Ha'mivarechet Amo Yisrael Bashalom. That you always have in every Amidah, no matter what day of the year it is, every Amidah has that. But then what's in the middle of the sandwich changes. And you have three variations. You have the regular weekday variation, where we have 13 brachot nowadays. It used to be, uh, used to be 12. But we have 13. And then you have your Shabbat slash Yom Tov slash Yom Kippur, where you have just one bracha in the middle. So it ends up being a seven bracha, even though the one of Yom Kippur is very long, right? But still, actually, it's one bracha. The one of Shabbat is also one bracha. It ends, Baruch Hashem, Mikadesh Shabbat, or Mikadesh, the long one for Yom Kippur. And then you have a third, which is Rosh Hashanah Musaf, which is the only time you have three brachot in the middle. Right? You have the Malchuyot, Zichonot, the Shofarot. So you, have, so you have three variations of Amidah. So when it says Sheva, it means that there are, there's an Amidah that has seven Bachot. Now it says you do one at night, Umidvadeh, with a Vidui. Bishacharit, Umidvadeh. Right? Bin'ilah, Mitpalel, Sheva, Umidvadeh. Now it skips here. Um, it says, it says oh, sk- I skipped the line actually. So then it says, Musaf, Mitpalel, Sheva, Umidvadeh. In Musaf, you have seven Bachot, Umidvadeh. Bimincha, Mitpalel, Sheva, Umidvadeh. Similarly, in Mincha, you, uh, you have seven bachot and you, uh, and then you have, uh, uh, vidui, and finally in the Eli you have seven bachot and then you do vidui. So what you see from that is that it is a full amidah. So actually Shmuel is not, this supports fully what Rab says, that it's an amidah because it's saying that you have seven bachot followed by vidui. Not that it's just a random tefillah, but actually it is a full amidah that is said. And according to the Gra, you have to take out these words. He says to get rid of these words. Okay. Um, it says uh, that uh, really that's the conclusion. Now the Bach says on the side what? That uh, he says also, yeah, he takes the words out. Okay. That it's not a machloket tanaim actually. All the tanaim agree that ni'ilah was a full tefillah, and therefore we reject Shmuel, and we have ni'ilah as a tefillah. Now it says, yo, it should say here, according to the side, um, well, there's, there's different opinions about what you actually have to cut out from here, right? Because according to the Bach, you do have the words, yom ha-kipurim mcha-shecha mitpalel sheva u-mitvadeh v'chotem b'vidui. You have a chatiman the vidui, meaning to say that you say a, bl- a bracha at the end of the vidui, divari rabbi meir, v'chachamim omri mitpalel sheva, v'imwata lachtom b'vidui, chotem. Right? So this part is really not a, you know, is an extension of what we read before. That's why the words tanai hi ditanya doesn't belong there. 
Because then the Gemara concludes and says, Tiyuvta de Shmuel Tiyuvta, that this is a refutation of Shmuel, because you see that in all these Amidot you have a Vidui, and, and that Neila is also an Amida. So Rashi brings the full version of the Tosefta, that um, he says, he says, That, um, he says, that's what he heard. That was the version that he heard. That there's a machloket in the Tosefta, whether you close the, uh, you should close the vidui with ha'ela solchan, ha'ela solchan, or the chachamim say, anytime you have the amida, you can choose to have a chatiman, the vidui also. We don't say about at the end of the vidui. We don't say something at the end of the vidui. We don't have that. Right? Yeah, so we don't have that. So he says, however, he says that um, Rashi goes on to say, We don't have this language in the Tosefta. Rather, what we have is, He says the main point here is that it's talking about Nila, and it says that Nila has seven brachot and that it has a vidui. So this is just a side point. Rabbi Meir says that you have to have a bracha in the vidui, that you say, Something to conclude. And the Chachamim say, well, it's optional and we, we opt not to do that. We don't have an extra Bacha. The key point of bringing it, though, is to show that Shmuel is incorrect and that actually there are seven Bachot in the Ne'ilah. It's an actual Amidah. It's not just an extra, like, prayer paragraph that we read, but it's actually a full Amidah. Now, Ula Barav, Ula Barav, Nachit Kamei He went to, uh, to, when it says he went down in front of it, it means that he went down to pray because they always had the place where the Chazan stood lower, right? Mimamakim Kadicha. I call you for, to you from the depths. Patach be'atabachartanu. We know the, that the the beginning of the Amidah is atabachartanu, right? Mikolamim v'siyem be'ma'anu machayenu, etc. And he concluded with that part in the Ilah. In other words, he had he said the Amidah he included incorporated ma'anachnu machayenu machazdenu, like we have in our Ilah. We have this part instead of having the full when the Chazan repeats actually instead of having the full vidui that we normally have. In all the other tefillot of Yom Kippur, we have this whole part where we say, what are we, who are we, what, what can we give you, what can we present, etc. It's more of a general reflection on Yom Kippur than it is a vidui emphasis in the final uh, Rav, And who should actually say, V'shabachei, Rav Natan, Avua, Rav Hunabari, oh, that's the next part. V'shabachei, Rabbi Natan, Rav Natan, I should say. Yeah, Rav Natan praised him. And then it just says, Rav Hunabrit, Rav Natan Amar, V'yachid Omra Achar Tfilato. An individual says it after his tefillah. And we know that, that that's correct. If you open up your machzor, you'll see that the chazan incorporates this whole thing of, uh, of ma nachnu, ma chayenu, ma chaz, etc. In, his, um, in the actual repetition of the Amidav Neila. The, per, the individual, since we say our last vidui at that time, we say that in the conclusion after the Amidah is already over, as part of the vidui section that we say after Yulor Atzonim Refi, when we, it's like the extra individual prayer, not as part of the Kor Amida. And that's what he, uh, and that's exactly what he says. Amar Rav says, Tfilat Nila Arvit. According to Rav, the Tfilat Nila exempts us from saying Arvit. Okay, meaning you don't have to say because you already said another tefillah. Rav damar Now that makes sense according to Rav because Rav was the one who said that Nila is an actual amida. So therefore, you have already an amida. Why do you have to do arvit? And once you've already said Nila, why do you need another amida afterwards? So people will be very happy about that because most of the, a lot of the people they run out the second that it's over. Now, but Rav really say that? Rav 
Right? The problem is that uh, Rav himself holds that Tfilat Arvit Rishut, as we learned in Masechet Bachot, that Tfilat Arvit is actually optional anyway. So what do you mean you fulfilled the obligation of Arvit? There is no obligation of Arvit anyway. Right? So the answer is no. That was, Rav was saying that, um, he was saying it, he was saying that even according to the one who says that Arvit is Chova, that you have to say Arvit, even according to him, Nila should cover for it. Now that, that assumes, okay, that according to Rav, Nila is said after sunset. Because obviously it would have to, it would have to fulfill the mitzvah of Arvit. We sort of try to do it before, but runs, it runs into it. The reason why we do it before is mainly for Begat Kohanim. I mean, I think really, you know, but uh, it, it runs into, uh, we start before, we start before sunset. Yeah. We start. It's a little bit early. It's early. We want to get Begat Kohanim in, though. Exactly, right. Yeah, I mean, Mincha you could still technically say, but we already said, by the time we get to Nila, we already said Mincha. So it's not... We're, yeah, we already said Mincha. Now, the, that, the point is, though, he must be holding that Neila is said after sunset because he's saying it's in place of Arvit, basically. So without, if you said it during the day, why would you... Uh, no, you do say uh, Kohanim, it sounds like. Right. So, yeah, well, that's a good question. What would he do with Kohanim then? That's a very good question because we just read before that you have, you have uh, Birkat Kohanim at Neila. How, how does he work that out? That's a good question. Huh? Yeah, what defines filah? Whenever they say filah, they always say mina mina. That would be separate. That's in the in the times of Chazal, they didn't see them as connected like we do. We see like that uh, the kriachim and the amida are connected. They thought that was a that was a midar chasidut. You know, kol asomech kulal is It's a wonderful thing. ben It's wonderful to connect it, but really they're two totally different mitzvot. Yeah, different mitzvot. Now, maybe there is an objection. Or Yom Kippurim mitpalil sheva umitvadeh shachrit sheva umitvadeh musaf sheva umitvadeh benilam bel sheva umitvadeh, right? And then it's so it says that you have all of the tefilot of Yom Kippur, each of which is followed by a vidui. I'm very interesting. I want to look into that Berkat Kohanim question. It's now it's gonna now it's gonna bother me. I'm wondering about that. Okay, somebody's got to talk about that, right? Yeah, good question. Now, but the point is, then it says that arvit, meaning after the day is over, right? After the day is over. So then it says, "Mitpalel sheva me'en shmona esrei." We we pray seven bachot like the shmona esrei, meaning the havinenu that we learned about. Havinenu is where you have the first three bachot of the amidah, last three bachot of the amidah, and in the middle you have one bachot called havinenu that encapsulates, abridges all of the other bachot. We learned about it in uh, when we talked about it in Masechet Bachot. Havinenu being something that could be said in emergencies, um, but according to and according to some Tanaim, it's said all the time. You should say havinenu because it's too hard for people to say such a long shmona esrei. However, Rabbi Chanan Gamliel Mishum Avotam According to Rabbi Chan, Rabban Gamliel, you should, all, and that was Rabban Gamliel's position, right? We saw that Rabban Gamliel, Rabbi Yoshua, and, and Rabbi Akiva had a machloket in the Mishnah Masechet Bachot. Rabbi, if I'm not mistaken, right? Rabban Gamliel is the one who says we always say Shmona Esrei Bachot. And according to Rabbi, according to uh, Rabbi Yoshua, a person should always say Me'en Shmona Esrei because it's too hard. And according to Rabbi Akiva, it depends if he's Im Shkurat Filato Befiv, if he's able to say the Tfilah smoothly, he says Shmona Esrei, and if he's not, then he should say Havinino. I think that I think those. 
those are the uh, people involved in the, in, in the machloket there. Now, but the point is that it's a machlo. Here we have the same thing. In Motzei Yom Kippur, so people are tired. They've been praying all day long, long tefillot. So according to the first Tana here, just say, Havinenu et arvit of Motzei Yom Kippur, and it's good. According to Rabbi Hananam and Gamliel, no, you should say, a full Shemona Esrei, Mipnei Shetarich Lomar Avdala B'cholin Adat, because you have to say, Atachonantanu. And as we've learned in general, we don't say Havinenu on Motzei Shabbat because of the concern that we can't say a full, we can't say Havinenu because there's no Bachat to insert Havinenu in. Because there's no Atachon in the Damdat because every Bachat the Shemona Esrei is just three words in Havinenu. You don't have a place to insert Atachon Antanu. So therefore we generally don't say it on Motzei Shabbat. So he's saying you shouldn't say it on Motzei Yom Kippur either because you have to say Havdala B'chon in Adat. But what you see from here... What do you say? That's what the Gemara asks in Masechet Bachot. The Gemara asks that. So it says Kashya. It doesn't have an answer. But the, I mean, still, it's going to be having any very short compared just, to the you're just, you're just re- repeating what they said in the Gemara there. They asked, why don't, don't you just put in a Tachonadano? And they said, Kashia. I don't have a better answer. I don't have a better answer. It says Kashia. Right? So that, that it's, but they, they, they said that about all of the, inter- all of the things that they, inter- why can't you do it during Yimota Gishamim? Same thing. You can't do Havinenu during Yimota Gishamim, during the time where you say, Vitin Talamotalavacha. It says, why can't you just say, Vitin Talamotalavacha? Kashia. We don't know. Right, so the Rif tries to answer and says that, you know, they, they, they give answers to it, but it's sort of off of our path. But they, they do discuss, since it says kashia, that means it's not tiyufta, right, which means there could be an answer. And the, so the Rif actually offers the answer there. So it says because it has to be in a, an independent bracha, because since every phrase in Havinenu is an independent bracha, so if you put a tachonantanu, it sounds like you're making an independent bracha, right? And, and that's not the case. It's supposed to be an insert. So there's no way to insert without it looking like an independent bracha. That's the answer that he, that he gives, if I'm not mistaken, I believe so. But it's not, we're not in that, my mind is not in that, but I think so. Now, the point is that here we see very clearly that they said Arvit and Motzei Yom Kippur. So obviously Rav is wrong that you don't have to say Arvit and Motzei Yom Kippur because they're, they're arguing about whether you say Havinenu or you say a regular Amidah. But nobody just said, well, why are you bothering saying Arvit altogether? And like, uh, and, and, and like Mr. Ben David said, uh, of course you have to say. That's not even a question. With the Brachot, you have to say that. It's just a question about Amidah. Right now, the Tanaihi, it turns out it's a Machloket Tanaim. Now what's the Machloket going to revolve around is the question that I mentioned before. When is... When is Nila recited? Is Nila recited while it's still day? In which case it can't really substitute for Arvid because it's not at the right time, right? Or if Nila is recited after sunset in the evening, so then you could argue that Nila could substitute for Arvid because why do you need another uh, tefillah for that time? That time already had a tefillah. Right, so the, that's going to be the issue. In the bright that says, We can't even imagine this today, but back then when they were keeping the laws of Tumah V'tarah, if a person became, was Tamei and their time for Tevilah came up on Yom Kippur, and Nidal, let's say, had to go on Yom Kippur, you'll let that on Yom Kippur, Tovlot Kedarkan, Belele Yom Kippur. So they, they right, so, um, so that's a, uh, uh, right, so the thing is, they can go when they, anyone who's obligated in, in Tevilah, can go kedarkan biyom kippurim. They can go and go to the mikveh normally on Yom Kippur. Nidavi yoledet tovlot, right? So if the uh, a woman is in nida or yoledet, she gave birth tovlot kedarkan bleilei yom kippurim. So even on the night of Yom Kippur, after kol nidre, the lady goes into the mikveh, right? Meaning that it, because they were following the laws of when the time comes, that you have to go to the mikveh, you have to go. That's it. It doesn't matter Yom Kippur. It's a mitzvah. The kohen gadol is t- taking more baths than anybody, right? Because it's a part of the mitzvah. So it's a mitzvah. They could go. Now, according so now Balkeri. We don't do this thing. Right? So the Tanakhama says that the Balkari can go until Mincha. Why? Because back then they had Takanat Ezra that we learned about in Masachet Bachot. Takanat Ezra is that, they, that a Balkari, a person who had a seminal emission, had to go to the mikveh before praying. 
So he wouldn't be able to, so if he had a, let's say he took a nap on Yom Kippur, because back then they had, to, they had time during the day, they had a break during the day, many hours. When I was in Yeshiva and we had only Hanetz Minyan, so we, we had like a three, four hour break. So some people would go learn, some people would go take a nap, some, whatever. They would do different things on the day of Yom Kippur because I had a few hours. So it's very conceivable that you would have that, especially before the advent of all the PU team, all of the extra, all the poems that were written only hundreds of years ago. So 2,000 years ago, they didn't have that. They had plenty of time. They're talking about going to see their Rebbe and Yom Kippur Rabbi Ben Chaim always mentions it, right? Talking about going to see the Rebbe walking through water and channels of water and all that. They go see the Rebbe, right? The Kohen Gadol goes to the Shuk, somebody spits on him. Like, what is he doing in there? Because he has a break in the middle of the day, right? So the, the point is, they had a long break. So, right, so if the person had they, uh, they're preventing people from doing the argument always was it keeps people from getting into trouble basically yeah it does act, I think it keeps me awake actually if we had during the break is when I start to feel tired I feel very awake up till the break anyway um, the point is that the person ha- let's say has it takes a nap has seminal English becomes balkeri on Yom Kippur he wants to go to the mikveh before Mincha because, he, because according to Takanat Israel, he has to go to the, the mikveh. He won't be able to pray mincha. So he's allowed to add the mincha, it says. Rabbi Yossi Omer kol hayom kulo. Rabbi Yossi says all day long. Now the Gemara is interpreting, assuming that what the machloket is, is that according to the Tanakhama, okay, Ne'ilah is after Yom Kippur, meaning it's after sunset. So there's no reason for the person to go to the mikveh for Ne'ilah. He can only go to the mikveh up to mincha. That's a, he, Emil asked that question. We don't know the answer to that. We have to look into how they would explain that. I'm not 100% sure. Uh, but it's a, good, it's a good question. We have to look into it. Um, but it, it could be that these opinions that say that it's after uh, Shkiah would not agree with that. And they, they hold that you don't have uh, Birkat Kohanim. It could be. But, the, but this, according to the opinion that Nilaz after sunset, so then there's no excuse to go during the day of Yom Kippur to go do Tevilah. If you're going to, you know, if for, for Neila, because you could wait till after sunset, wait the 20 minutes, 15, 20 minutes, whatever it is, and go to the mikveh then, and then pray Neila, because it's after sunset anyway. So there's no problem, you know, to go during the day. But according to Rabbi Yossi, he says, no, kolayom kulo, you could go to the, to the mikveh. Why? Because also for Neila is going to be during the day. Right? So meaning even after Mincha you could go. So this seems to be a machloket tanaim, whether we say that uh, Ne'ilah is on the day of Yom Kippur or it's technically after the day is already over because it's after sunset. That would be the exact machloket between Rav and everyone else. That Rav is saying since it's after sunset it counts as Arvit also. Or a minimum, we raise an objection to this that Hazava, Zavava, Mitzurava, Mitzurat, the person who's a Zav or a Zava, these are different kinds of Tum'ot, a person who has Tzara'at or so on, or Bo'el Nida, somebody who had relations with a Nida, or a person who's even Tmemet. If their time for Tevila comes up on Yom Kippur, they can go to the Mikveh, and the Nidan Yoledet can go on the night of Yom Kippur. That's what we saw before as the opinion of Rabbi Yossi. Here it's the opinion of the Tanakhama, but Rabbi Yossi Omer here, so here we have a, a, a we have Rabbi Yossi taking the opposite position. It sounds like uh, they're taking the opposite position, but the same reasoning. In other words, in one one side is maintaining that 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 tefillat uh, neilah is during the day. So therefore, even if you already prayed mincha, you can still go and uh, go to the mikveh. According to the other side, since it's after shkia, you don't have to go on on Yom Kippur. So there's no excuse for that. Right? But the problem, but, uh, and so the question is why in one case did Rabbi Yossi say from Minchan on, you can't go to the mikveh, and previously he said, Kola Yom Kulo, right? Uh, or why, why previously did the, did the Chachamim say that you can only do it until, 
uh, until Mincha. And then they said, no, you can go, uh, you can go all the way all day long. So how, how did they switch the, uh, switch positions? La kashya. Ha tfilat nila. Ha Right? So the, so if, if you already prayed, the answer is that if the person already prayed nila, in other words, then the, uh, then also we would say that, um, that, uh, that he, he doesn't have any excuse to go and, uh, go to the mikveh because he already prayed nila. Right? So as she says, bayom. Right? So in other words, if the person uh, already prayed that day, so then he has no excuse to go to the mikveh. But if he didn't already pray nila, then he has to go to the mikveh. And that could be the explanation, in other words, of Rabbi Yossi, because Rabbi Yossi is saying that in a case where the person did not yet pray nila, he still has the excuse all day long to, uh, um, uh, to go to the mikveh. But if he didn't, if, if, he's, if he has... Um, if he has already prayed Neila, which would be during the day, according to Rabbi Yossi, so then he doesn't have an excuse to go to the mikveh after that because he already prayed Neila. And I guess if he wants to pray Arvit and go to the mikveh before Arvit, he would have to go to the mikveh after Yom Kippur. He doesn't have an excuse to go on the day. So, but in Neila, there are two opinions, either during the day right. or till Mincha. Or night. Or no, not till Mincha, it's after Mincha. After Mincha. After mincha. Right. It's always after Mincha. Okay, so after Mincha. Right, we do. We we try to we try to say it really before sunset. We just extend the end into after sunset, so we get to the end of the fast. But technically, we're saying it before sunset. It is because we just said that one side is saying it's during the day by yom, meaning at the end of the day, but at the very end of the day. That's why it's called neilah because it has to be after mincha. Mincha is earlier. Right, so we're talking about at the end of the day or after sunset. That's the two options. You have either the end of the day, but it's still daytime, which is what we do. Right, we're following that. Or we don't do Benish Mashot really. We really start before sunset. We start like half an hour, 40 minutes before sunset. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that, that technically that's the view we're going with. So it's saying Rabbi Yossi we can reconcile because we could say that one opinion of Rabbi Yossi is taught when he said that you could, uh, you could do it all day long. He meant that you didn't say Neila yet. And when he said you can only do it till the Mincha time, meaning you can only do it up to the, uh, um, you know, up to the time later in the day, there uh, he was talking about where the person already said Neila. But either way he's saying that it's a, uh, it, it, that Neila is during the day. But then the question is, if you're going to say that, then you have to set everything equal. So what about the rabbis? How come the rabbis say in one case that you can only, that you can only go up to, uh, you can do it all day long. And in the other case, they said only up to, uh, only up to Mincha. So it says because, they hold that doing tevilah in the proper time is a mitzvah no matter what. So even if you already prayed nila, you still have to go to the mikveh. In other words, that's the machloka between the two sides of the chachamim. In, in version number one of the chachamim, where it says you can only go into mincha, it means you can only go up to when there's no more tefilot to do. But once there's no more tefilot, you don't have an excuse. But according to the side that says, kol ayom kulo, you could do it all day long, that's talking about even if you prayed nila already, it doesn't matter, you could still go to the mikveh because... Um, bizmana mitzvah, but not everybody agrees that tevilah bizmana mitzvah. Some people say as long as you as long as you do tevilah eventually, it's okay. It doesn't have to, be, have to be exactly at the time when you're due for the tevilah. Let's say you're due for the tevilah on the seventh day, but you could always go on the eighth day or the tenth day. Going later is not a problem to go to the mikveh later, right? That's the machloket about tevilah bizmana mitzvah. So the implication is that miklal de Rabbi Yossi lav mitzvah. So the implication is that according to Rabbi Yossi, it is not a mitzvah to do it exactly on time because he's making it all based upon whether the person 
needs to uh, pray again or not, right? If he needs to pray Ne'ilah, then he needs to go. If he doesn't need to pray Ne'ilah, then he doesn't need to go. The whole thing revolves around Tefillah, doesn't re- revolve around Tefillah, but according to what you're saying, the Nidah Right, she would, she would only have to go, uh, right, she wouldn't have to go because then, uh, because Tevilah B'Bizmanah is not mitzvah according to that. Right. That's only according to Tevilah B'Bizmanah mitzvah. Now, um, Mikal's Rabbi Yossi Yosef Alav mitzvah, Hivatanya Haresh, Hayashem Katuv Al Bisaror, Ezelo Yechos Voisoch, what? Yeah, we did, we learned this before. Yeah, that if a person has the name of Hashem on, written on his flesh, he can't wash and he can't anoint himself. He can't go into a dirty place. If he has to go to the mikveh, that the, the Tanakhama says, if the person needs to go to Tevila, he wraps a reed around his body and he goes into the mikveh. And according to Rabbi Yossi, he can go without doing that. As long as he doesn't rub on it to remove the, the name of Hashem, it's written on his flesh. And we learned, We learned that the machloket between them is about whether is a mitzvah, because the Gemara explained that the case is one where the person doesn't have anything to wrap on their arm. Everyone agrees if he had it, he should put it on. That if he doesn't have it to cover the Shem Hashem that's written on him, so then what he should do, according to Chachamim, he should, since he doesn't have anything available, he can wait because Tevilah B'zmana is not a mitzvah. He should wait until he has something to cover it. According to Rabbi Yossi, since Tevilah B'zmana mitzvah, even though he doesn't have anything to cover it, he should just go to the mikveh then because Tevilah B'zmana mitzvah, the mitzvah overrides the issue of going into the mikveh with the name of Hashem written. As long as he doesn't rub it and he doesn't remove anything, okay? It has to be loose so that it's not a chatzitzah. That, that's all. Yeah, so, so, so we learned that, that, that he held that Tevilah B'zmana is a mitzvah. So it says, no, the, re- the answer is, This is a machloket elsewhere that we learned when we learned back in Masechet Nida, a long, long time ago, about Yoledot that have a safek about whether they had a boy, whether they had a girl, what day they had the boy, what day they had the girl, that according to Beit Shammai and Beit Tidel, there's a whole series of Tevilot. They have to go this number of times, that number, to make sure that they hit the right day. So they're going to have to go so many different times, right? They're going to have to go, uh, you know, so many different times according to, according to Beit Shammai and Beit Hillel. So yeah, the, Rashi brings it here. There's going to have to be, um, according to Beit Shammai, Tishim v'chamesh tevilot. 95 times you have to go. And Beit Hillel says, no, only 35. Like that makes it that much better, you know. Now, and, and, then, and then Rabbi Yosef Bar Yehuda said, it's enough that she gets at the end. Meaning, as long as you know she's in the clear, that she passed the time of Tum'ah, let her go one time and you're done. According to them, no, mitzvah, so we have to time it. So it could be this time, could be this time, could be this time, could be this time. So she's going 95 times, 35 times, whatever. According to, the, according to uh, Rabbi Yosef Bar Yehuda, just wait until for sure you pass the amount of time of Tum'ah. Good. So the point is that our Rabbi Yossi that was mentioned here that said Tevilah B'zmana is not a mitzvah and the only question is about Tevilah Takanat Ezra. So according to that, so he, the person, um, uh, you know, once they, uh, if they don't have to do any more tefillot, they don't have to do any more prayers for the day, so there's no reason to go for tefillah because that's Rabbi Yossi Rabbi Yehuda who says Tevilah B'zmana itself is not a mitzvah. But according to Rabbi Yossi, 
the uh, Rabbi Yossi, who was mentioned in this case of the person who has Hashem's name written on his flesh, that Rabbi Yossi says that Tevilah Bizmanah Mitzvah, and he would agree actually with the Tanakhama above, that Tevilah Bizmanah Mitzvah, that even if the person didn't have any more prayers for that day to do, he could still go to the Mikveh because of Tevilah Bizmanah Mitzvah, unrelated to the prayers of the day. Okay, so, that, so there's two issues. One is Tevilah Bizmanah Mitzvah, which would allow you to go, even if you had said all the Tevilot, you would be allowed to go to the Mikveh that day on Yom Kippur because Tevilah Bizmanah Mitzvah, and then you have the opinion that it only is Takanat Ezra is the only issue, that you have to go to the Mikveh in order to pray. So then it becomes a question of, is Nila recited during the day still? In which case I could justify going on Yom Kippur to the Mikveh because I became a Balkari, go to the Mikveh on Yom Kippur in order to allow me to, uh, to say Nila in purity. Or do I say, no, Neilah is actually after sunset and it could be even uh, significantly after sunset. So therefore I could wait till after sunset in order to go to the mikveh. Since Tevilah Bizmanah is not a mitzvah, it doesn't require me to go during the day. So I might, and the only question is about prayer, so I might as well wait for the prayer of the evening. But together with that would go the position of Rav that if Neilah is davka, has to be after sunset, so that also means it could cover for Arvit and then we wouldn't have to have Tefilat Arvit at night. Because we already said a prayer at night for that time and that's enough. Now the Gemara goes on and says, Tanei Tana Kamedu Av Nachman, a Tana said in the, before Av Nachman, and this is a very interesting uh, Gemara, um, and, and uh, what? What happened? Oh, I skipped that. A person who sees Kerry on Yom Kippur can go down to the mikveh. Now, and again, we have it's subject to all the discussion we mentioned before that he needs to go to the he needs to pray or that tefillah is mitzvah, depending, right? So the person can go down In the evening he should wipe himself off. Now, what does it mean in the evening he should wipe himself off? It seems like a little bit late to wipe yourself off in the evening. It says if you, you know, by the evening, well, you went to the mikveh during Yom Kippur and then in the nighttime after Yom Kippur you wipe yourself off, what, what does that mean? Maybe. Well, what's the relevance of it? So it's, yeah, that's what it's going to say. It says, It means beforehand you should wipe off. Now, according to Rashi, that means something very unusual, which is that a person should wash themselves very much before Yom Kippur starts because maybe he's going to become a Balkari and he may have to go to the mikveh and he doesn't want to have any chatzitzot on his body, so he should wash very carefully before Yom Kippur to make sure that if he has to go to the mikveh, he doesn't have any chatzitzot. That's how Rashi interprets it. Tosfot brings, Tosfot Shanim brings a different interpretation than no, from the riff actually, which is interesting. He quotes the riff, which is unusual for the Tosfot to quote the riff because different uh, traditions, but he, he quotes him as saying, no, what it means is that if it's miba'erev, if the person saw the, the uh, seminal emission at night, so then he has to wipe it off so that it doesn't dry on him. Right? If it's during the day, then he can go to the mikveh right away. It won't dry on him and he won't have to worry about the wiping off because it'll wash off when he goes to immerse. He won't have to worry about additionally wiping it off. That's, that's according to the Rif's interpretation. It's like they wipe up until the morning and then the morning go before Shachar. Right. That's why we means if it, well, according to the riff, he's saying it means if it was at night and he didn't get up, he waited till the next morning. So then it's going to dry on him. So he has to wipe it off uh, by the morning. But if it's something that happened during the day, that he goes right to the mikveh, he doesn't have to. Right now, taught in the presence of Rav Nachman, um, and uh, what does it say here in the in Yaakov? It's different. Okay. Um, if a person has a, a, a seminal emission on Yom Kippur, that means that his sins are forgiven. Interesting. So that's interesting. Ma, so, Vehatanya, doesn't it say in a bright Avonotav Sidurin that his sins are organ, ordered, meaning he's in trouble, that they're organized, his sins are organized, meaning they're set up, he's in trouble. No, my Sidurin, Sulin When it says organized, it means ready to be forgiven. Very interesting. If a person sees the seminal emission on Yom Kippur, he should be worried all year. 
But if he survives, he's definitely going to Olam Haba. Right? I actually had a case of this where um, a, a, a teenager basically came to me and he was feeling very bad because he had this happen to him on the night of Yom Kippur. And he felt very guilty about it. You know, the teenagers, they feel guilty about that. He came to sh- and I showed him this Gemara. I said, look, it's a Siman Tov. It's okay. It's not bad. It's, it's good. The Gemara even says good. Don't they say that it's very heavy food? Well, the interesting, yeah, yeah. Amar Av Nachman Bar Yitzchak, Teidash, Kol Olam Kulora, Ev Husava. Says the whole world is uh, is hungry and he's satisfied. In other words, it gave him uh, some satisfaction on Yom Kippur when everyone else is uh, is denied uh, uh, marital relations. He says that this person who saw Kerry, who saw Samuel Mission Yom Kippur, it says he's going to have lots of life and he's going to have children. She says, He's going to have children and grandchildren, it shows you, because what, why? The Pasuk says, He will see, now literally what that means is he will see offspring and have a long life. But he says, Zera, Zera means seed, it means the seminal emission. He sees that, He's going to have a long life and many children. So it says, He's going to have a long life. He's going to have children and grandchildren, as she says it means. So it does, it's not a bad thing. And it's interesting because some people show the connection between the end of the, the Masechet and the beginning. Because the end of the Masechet talks about Balkari. And what was the very beginning? How the Kohen Gadol has to separate. And one of the reasons why he has to separate and he has to stay up all night the night of Yom Kippur is that he not become a Balkari for the sake of doing the Avodah of Yom Kippur. But here it ends by talking about it and it talks about it. And I always thought that it's a very, uh, you know, it's, it, that the... Um, the fact that it's very non-puritanical, the Gemara. It's not anti-sexuality. It never makes a, puts any guilt on it. It says, no, the person uh, has satisfaction. It wasn't on purpose. The person went to sleep. It was the, the body reacted a certain way. If there's nothing wrong with it. The person should, does not feel guilty about it. But right? if you say, right, that, the reason why he says, the reason why he says you have to, you should yidag kol be worried is because maybe your mind was like in the wrong place, you know, and you were thinking inappropriate things on Yom Kippur. Okay, then we understand why that would be bad. But if it was just a physiological reaction, and so this person has some um, pleasure that they wouldn't otherwise have, there's nothing wrong with that. And the Gemara never thought that sexual pleasure by itself was a bad thing necessarily. It just thinks that your mind shouldn't be on that all the time. You know, that's a different story. And then we say, that this is the conclusion of Masechet uh, Yoma. And the next, yeah, basically, yeah. It goes all the way back to the beginning, talking about the similar, the night before and all that. And basically, Bezad um, Hashem will, be conti- will, will begin now Masechet Sukkah, because the order of the Daf Yomi is not the order of the Shas that it appears in the Vilna edition that you see, you know, the order of the Masechtot. It goes by a different order, and the next Masechet is Masechet Sukkah to start Bezad Hashem tomorrow.